continue where we were. So you are just speaking about the, uh, you know, the way you were teaching and helping even now from distance to your sons, how to, uh, let's say, uh, communicate and speak and talk about anything with their girlfriend and yourself. So this yes. is very important because not only you are an expert in communication, and we can see and, and, and uh, judge it today, you speak very well about life and about your journey. You're very, uh, it's very easy to listen to you. You know, even me sometimes, uh, uh, you know, I'm learning in, in, in that broadcast journey how to listen more. But with you, it's really easy because you speak about what really is interesting. And uh, so, uh, you were talking about you and your sons and the way that from distance you help them to communicate with their girlfriend. You know, what I have discovered is because there is a separation with, with me and the boys, that I had to tap into my soul and say, what do I really want to give these boys? And, and, and for me, I had to find my special soul quality and as i said to you in the beginning it is a free i'm a freedom spirit and i'm an adventurer so i have i'm doing it with my sons but for instance with my youngest son john i did that i said how can i help him what can i give him what would i like to give this young man that he could look back upon and say my mother did this for me as as, as an example and yeah. so i took him to India because I, you know, I said to him, Johnny, mom has been rock climbing all her life. And you know, I love the yoga masters. So when he turned 13 in, in the Jewish tradition, you become a man. And I said, I want to give you a gift. I, I want to go and take you to India. I want you to experience the yoga masters because I taught these children from that they were small through, through uh, fairy tales. I read them the, Indian stories, uh, they knew all the yoga masters, they, all the pictures were around my house, so it wasn't foreign to them. And I said to him, I want to go and show you India, because that's mommy's heart. And I want to go and show you the Himalayas, because not only are those mountains, those are Indian mountains. Yes. And then he said to me, he said to me, okay, fine, but you know, it's very high to climb there, and it's going to be a lot of work, you know. So you have to do something for me, I will go with you, if you can take me to the islands. So I booked a flight over the Seychelles to India and we spent a week in the Seychelles and I took him to the Himalayas to the, some of the highest temples and the most beautiful places in the world at 10,300 feet or 13,000. I think it's 13,500 feet was the highest that John and I went. And so the gift that I gave him for, for me, he, we went as friends. We took these mules. We went up high into the Himalayas. And me loving the environment, at uh, 13,500 feet, there is a valley that's called the Valley of Flowers. And you, me being an environmentalist, uh, I just wanted to see that valley with all my heart because it's in the most of the year, it's covered in snow. But for a couple of months a year when the snow melts, over 500 species of flowers, alpine flowers, flower from July to August. 
So I planned this grand adventure for John and I. And we went to the Seychelles for a week on the beach. And we both laughed because in our bags were swimming costumes and um, hiking boots and thick jackets <laughs> for the snow. So that's what I did for, for John. Is I, in my adventure spirit, I wanted to give him something, an experience of the divine. And, and I wanted to show him the ancient traditions of yoga that one day when I am not there, he might not remember it now, but he will know the connection that his mother gave him to spirit. So we went on this grand adventure. I showed him the Valley of Flowers. And then we went to a, a lake at very the high Alpine Lake. And there was a temple, a small little temple. And I took him in there and we did a meditation together. And we spent three weeks in India. I went to show him all the ashrams that um, I wanted to show him. I showed him the temples, the River Ganga, the beautiful Himalayas, the flowers. And it was my prayer that that memory and that experience of adventure that he and I shared will be a connection for him through his life to spirit. And then with my second son, Sean, when I started living here on this beautiful island and he finished school, I said to him, come and visit me. I bought him an airplane ticket. I arranged for him here because he said he liked diving. I arranged for him to become a, a, a certified in diving. He came to visit me. I showed him my home. I had him certified. He and I went scuba diving. I took him on um, a boat around the island and we went hiking. I showed him all the beauty. And that is what connected to him. So I tried to find in my sons something that I could relate to him. You know, we don't always just have to sit with mom on the couch and watch Netflix. We can also do amazing, <laughs> wonderful things. <laughs> and so he and I shared that. And, and I spoke, we'll sit here watching the moon in the evening. And I would talk to him, talk to him about his future, talk to him about God and, and, and make that connection. So that is my particular way of connecting to my sons that they know that my love for them is beyond the ordinary mother role. You know, pick up your socks. Don't be too late. Um, make sure <laughs> your head is straight. Study. Pass your tests. You know, yeah. no. I wanted to touch my boys in their spirit, in their soul. I wanted to ignite the fire in them for whatever makes them tick. You know, I, they don't need to do what I'm doing. I just want them to follow their heart. And I just want them to connect with that part of their soul that is going to light up their life. Yeah. And, and I think that is the greatest service that a, a mother can do for their sons is to yeah. connect them with their own divinity. Not, mm. not the mother's idea of what their son should be. But it should also be something that she can give to them. And that's what I'm trying to find. And uh, with my third son, I'm planning something different. But that is the way that I do it. Because ultimately, life is about relationships. And, and growing and touching and connecting with one another. And that is what I want to do with my sons. I don't want to one day feel that they just saw me as a mother. I want them to be able to see me as a soul. You know? 
as a soul and a, and a spiritual being, and ultimately one day hope that I would rank amongst their friends. You know, not that I wouldn't play my mother role, but that I could also be their friend and a confidant and somebody that they could trust and somebody that would always be there for them. That is my goal as a mother. Yes, this is very interesting because there is lots of mother who I'm happy will be able to hear you talk about it first. Uh, but most importantly, I believe that uh, it's the same for a father. A father and a mother are here. It's my opinion to help right at the beginning that the baby and the, the little boy or the little girl will be uh, having everything they need to grow in good health, right? And then their job, it's my opinion, tell me if I'm right, is to let them find themselves the way life has already prepared things to happen for them to connect with what their journey has to be for both their healing, but also find themselves, as you said. Do you believe in what I said? Absolutely. And you know, that's why I say our roles, the, the nuances may be different, but a father's role in their children's life is incredible. You know, so yes, it's connecting with your child. I mean, the relationship between a father and a daughter, the daughter looks up to her father as God, you know, that's the person that she trusts. So the, the role that a father plays in, in the role of the little daughter is amazing. But imagine what the role father plays in the, in the eyes of his son. It's the same thing. I believe that our roles as parents is to guide our children and not to stop them from having life experiences, but to try and guide them so that they can um, be self-sufficient. Yes, and I believe that the, 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 the big uh, uh, communication here that you're doing and providing to me and others, uh, being a parent, mother or father, is also uh, knowing deep down that we are responsible for just a little thing for them, but the big stuff, we can't. The big stuff is the real mother and the real father that has created us all. And the, our job is to help them, if we can, to connect with their real father and their real mothers that are not us. That you are 100% you are right. Because, um, and that's what I try to do. The greatest gift you as a parent can do is to connect them with their own divinity. Yeah. And to show them the way, because that is the only way, I believe, the only way out of life, out of yeah. depression, out of um, all the problems that you have can only be resolved when you turn within and connect to your higher source. And that is our role. We are here to guide the children. The children eventually <laughs> will leave us and go onto their own journey and we cannot hold them. Because they are sovereign beings in their own right. We as a parent don't um, have that power over them. We are their custodians. And we are their guardians. And we are not there to control them and to tell them what to do. We are there to form them and guide them and give them that freedom and help them in their awareness. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they will want to come back with us. There's so many people that don't want to see their parents because their parents have overstepped the boundary of what I think was entrusted to them.
to be the guardians and to be the custodians and not to force them to do things that you didn't do for yourself and that you want to live through your children. No, we have to become responsible spiritual beings that realize that some of these beings that comes to us as our children are far more advanced on a spiritual level than we are. They've come to teach us. Exactly. And I will tell, because I remember you just said, the daughters believe that their father is their God. I will tell mine, I'm not her God. I will tell mine, I am your uh, uh, brother in life, father at your beginning, but certainly not your God, because I want you to uh, leave me free of any uh, such a big uh, deal. Uh, you know, I don't want her to imagine I am perfection. I want her to know exactly who I am uh, with what I know about myself, being honest, communicating to her. And then she, she knows about me. That's all, I, that's all I need myself. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, when you're, that is what you do. is because I see when I grew up and I saw my parents as having difficulties of their own, it's quite a shock because you believe that your parents are so elevated and of course they are they have learned a lot but it is wrong to put them on a pedestal you have to have the right relationship with your parents as guardians but sometimes when you grow up you're not going to agree with the way that they do things and you should have the power and the choice to follow your own path and and so we as parents have to change our attitude towards our children in a much more respectful um, role as a, a, an incredible soul that for a time has been entrusted to you. And how are you behaving towards that child? And how mature are you? And how are you helping this little, little being grow up like a bird that can fly one day? And so that you don't look back on your life and said, that you have, you have overstepped the line and you've actually clipped their wings and not made them fly. And, and, and I think a, a lot of the, the, the paradigms are changing about parenthood. If you look in the 50s and the 60s, the authoritarian way that people were grown up, people are, children are supposed to be seen and not heard. No, those kinds of uh, uh, paradigms are shifting today in that... Yes, children need discipline, absolutely, because those small beings don't have the discipline. But how are you enforcing that discipline? What is your intention? How are you bringing compassion and understanding into a relationship with your, with your children? So that is part of our growth. The one thing I do want to tell you is that the children, or have, being a mother and having three boys, I have definitely opened my heart and, and my, my compassion and love. And with all the challenges that being a parent brings, it brings incredible gifts. I, and that's true what they say. I think that the highest love that you can, and I'm not talking that fathers don't have it, I'm just talking because I'm a mother, is that it's almost the, the greatest love that you can compare to the love of God, that unconditional love. That a, that a mother experiences with her children. And, and that was a great, great gift to me because you don't understand that feeling 
until you have this beautiful child in your arm and your heart bursts open and you just cannot explain this feeling. So it is an incredible gift that the universe has given us to experience that love. And I do believe that if you allow the, the role as a parent to change you, you become so much better and, and, and deeply connected to your inner being through, through the role of parenthood. It is an incredible responsibility and a, a great honor to be given that role to, to be a parent. And then it's very interesting here is that when you have experienced that kind of level of love for children, as a mother, uh, the same as a father, but even more as a mother, I believe. Uh, is it, was it easy for you to kind of come back to the real love of your soul, of the father and the mother that have created yourself? You know, sort of a, uh, uh, not follow the path of lots of mothers and fathers who believe that if they take care of their children they'll be doing the right thing but you have understood i know huh? you have understood that no you i have to follow my path as you say not their path so but was it challenging when you have experienced and lived such a love for children to come back to the real path of yourself yes that's a good question um uh, and part of part of my journey to india was also to have those, part of it was to have this adventure with John, but also part of the reason was that for me, it was a place to get face to face with God. And I had this one problem that I've been struggling with all my life. And that is the issue of surrender. When you, when you do go on the spiritual journey, at a point you come face to face to that, question of what is surrender what does surrender really mean and i've been struggling with that because i don't know about you but i was i was brought up in a in a christian environment very much a christian environment so jesus on the cross and all of those things were very much part of my upbringing and i didn't really understand it but surrender was a problem for me because i and it took me a long time to understand this but i in my soul thought that surrender meant that you surrendered to God and then you're not safe because look what happened to Jesus. Where, you know, Jesus, who was closer to God than Jesus and he had to sacrifice himself on the cross. And it, it's not a, it is not a conscious, wasn't a conscious thing in me. But I realized through my journey going to India and being in those temples and being there that that was my actual question to God is who are you really and how safe am I really with you if I have to surrender? And, I, and this is where my role as the mother helped me to get to that point where I could finally surrender. Because surrender is a very, very deep and subtle thing. You can talk about it, but if you really face it in your soul, it's something else. And, and in that temple on that lake, very high, I knew that God loved me infinitely more than the feeling that I had for my sons uh, uh, as a mother. And I knew 
to what lengths I would go to protect them and to keep them safe. And that sacrifice is not even a word that would come up in your mind if, if your son needed you to do something. And I think that is what, because you don't understand that. And, and I think I had that moment of clarity that spirit is infinitely more a, a being of love than we, we understand. And that the closest feeling that you can get to God is what that love, that fierce love, that fierce, protective, all-consuming love that you have for your, for your child. And I think that that is what helped me to say, well, a being like that, I can surrender to. I can, I can surrender to that. Because I can't even understand the infinity of his love and the, and the, uh, the depth of compassion and, and true love that God has for us. And that's, I think I needed that as the growth of my soul to be a mother, to experience it for myself, how you would feel towards your children, to have an infinitesimal small taste of how much the source loves us. Yes, it's very interesting. Uh, and thank you to have shared that that way with such a honesty and uh, uh, you're, you're only at the, in the middle of your, I mean, even, even less, but let's say, let's put it that way. We are both together in the middle of our life. Let's put it yes. that way. Uh, I, mean, I mean, earthly life. <laughs> so for, for the, let's say for the 50 years coming, knowing what you already know, having experienced and shared with us today, if you had a magical stick, what would happen to you, I would say, in your, in your spiritual life to start with? You know, if you read the, the book of Paramahansa Yogananda on the autobiography of a yogi, yeah. I have had moments of clarity and, and that, but he, he says that we are three things. We are Chit uh, Ananda, so and he, so that's the Sanskrit meaning that we are eternal being, we are infinite consciousness, and ever new bliss. That is our being. So if if I had a magic stick, I would want to feel what the the scriptures promise us: ever new bliss. That is what I would like to experience. We have it for moments. I just want to be more and more in connection, connection with my true nature, the, yeah. the way that I have been created. On a more material uh, plane, I, I think the greatest sadness for me is the separation, the physical separations with my children. And I would hope that they would visit here more and that I would be able to visit South Africa more. And, 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 and on a business front, I have been so inspired, and this is where this business accelerator was really, really a wonderful thing, because I felt so limited here on the island. I really am on an island, isolated. I can't even get to town without a boat. The nearest land is 80 miles away, you know, so you feel so separate from humanity, from people. And 
this is a mindset. It's absolutely a mindset. We are energy beings and we are infinite consciousness. And, and we, we have the power to change. And I believe that I really tapped into that power because here I am today. I'm talking to you. You are in Europe. I am here in, in the Caribbean, yet we're having a heart to heart. We can see one another. And so that I have been so gifted to have an online business where I can communicate with people and share with the world and not have to be in a great city. Part of my soul really, really enjoys being, having this quietude, being in nature. But I also love people and I, and I want to connect with people. And so, you know, there's that whole thing to say that by, by not having one thing doesn't mean necessarily that you have to give the other thing up. You just have to find the bridge between yeah. the and that is, I think that's in a nutshell what my service really is, is being a bridge for people or finding them, helping them find that bridge. And the truth is that every problem has a solution. And from, if you need to go from A to B, all you have to do is create that bridge. Sometimes we have to create that bridge physically. You have to physically build it. Sometimes you have to build it emotionally. Sometimes you have to build it mentally. And sometimes you have to build it spiritually. But we are here to build bridges, rainbow bridges, you know, bridges of light uh, yeah. to, to people. And that we, we, we do not have to be isolated, even though we're physically separated from, from one another. And uh, that's, <laughs> that is my, my wish for, for the future. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. No, no, I was inspired when you say bridges, uh, you know, for the emotions, for the, 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 the mental and also the physical bridges. And it, it, it just gave me the idea of that question now. So why do you think, I mean, plus you live on an island. How long did you live on an island? A few years already, no? Well, it's now um, going about two and a half years. So two and a half years, just let's say two years before life asked billions of people to become isolated as you were before, before them uh, because of that COVID-19, but I don't care about COVID. I do care about life uh, wishing us using COVID or whatever uh, to be isolated. And uh, what do you think isolation uh, being isolated like this, uh, encourage people to to do that they were not doing before. Because I think it's not by luck. Is you, lots of people like you, even me, it happened to me. And now I see after us, everybody like us are being isolated. So why do you think life does this to help us to grow where? Well, the for me, I've contemplated this, and I do think that life would uh, doesn't matter what happens to you and what the real reasons is, or it can be very complex. So yes, there's a negative component to COVID, and of course, it has a tremendously difficult impact on the lives of many. But I do believe that life uh, uses every single opportunity, whether it appears good, bad, or difficult, to help us grow. And I believe that this is an opportunity we have become very detached from ourselves 
we are very materialistic. We, in the, in the pre-COVID time, it was just business going on, the same old cycle. And when a cycle doesn't work anymore, or when the soul doesn't change the cycle out of its own free will, yeah. things happen to change paradigms and uh, setups that are not working anymore. So on a spiritual level, I, I, I cannot talk about all the, the big picture, but I do think that certain things in society was just not working anymore. And we were not connecting with our own inner selves. And a part of the insulation or the isolation is you have to go within. The solutions for the problems of your life does not exist on the outside. You cannot fix your problems from the outside. You have to fix them inside. You have to ask the questions here. You have to connect to your own divinity. And at a point, you're going to have to surrender to that higher part of you that knows infinitely more than your tiny little personality that thinks it is in control. And I think the whole COVID thing just brought to light that we are not in control. And that we think life just goes on as normal, but it doesn't. And the only way that we are going to navigate this difficult time is if we connect and surrender our life to this higher power that is this power of infinite love and compassion and wisdom. And we have to align ourselves to, to that. We, we cannot be dragged into all the fear and into all the things that the media says, we, we know that we are safe. We know that we are loved. And if you really study the scriptures and understand that the only true reality is within ourselves. And that is how we navigate this difficult uh, period. Is yeah. You cannot be, be attached to the depression and gossip about what is happening to this one and... You know, that's not the answer. We have to do our own spiritual work, connect to our divinity, get, meditate, get to a place of clarity and ask, what is the next step that I need to take? You know, uh, there's a, a very great spiritual teacher, a modern teacher, that has said that we are so arrogant because in a way is that we always say, why is this happening to me? Oh, I don't like it. It's raining. Oh, it's too hot. Um, something is happening there. It doesn't suit me. What we should really be saying is when this moment comes to us, what can I do to make this moment better? What can I contribute that this moment is better because I am in it? That, to me, is the way that we navigate this. And you cannot, how can you make the moment better from your own human personality? You have to tap inside into your spiritual and say, Father or higher self, how do I navigate this situation? How do I make this moment better? How do I shine my light? How do I bring uh, compassion, understanding, resolution? Uh, how do I build a bridge in this moment? Rather yes. than saying, poor me, oh, I'm going to get COVID. And, you know, you can't, cannot live 
spiritual beings are fearless. We have to become these fearless beings that are connected to our inner being and say, okay, this moment is coming to me for a reason. How am I going to navigate this? How do I make this moment better? How do I resolve it? How do I shine my light on it? Instead of becoming part of the fear, becoming part of the masses who, who fall back into fear. Yes, what I like and love about what everything you shared with me today is, and I know a bit uh, uh, about you also before, but really a bit, I, I discover you really today. And I think that if we, if we put every pieces of, uh, of yourself, of your life and what happened now on earth, the main thing that life tries to do with all of us uh, isolating us, uh, stopping us in our usual habits in doing businesses, um, uh, separating us in, in our families when communications uh, ha are not happening the same, the good way or the, are not happening at all sometimes. So the big reparation and the big healing that life wishes for us, for with all the love that life has got for us, as you said, is that, and I, I take your words, is really to communicate and move. And if I look what you're doing, yoga is how to move with your body. So building bridges, I mean, putting energy together for it to move the way that is free. And also, um, separate ourselves for whatever is not communicating or moving anymore. And uh, life is movement, we say. I'm sure in yoga, you know that more, yes. more than everybody. But if you look at what everything is happening, and if I look at you as a cura personalis, you represent for me and more today, movement, communication, which is life and love. So if we communicate better, if we learn how to move better in, your, in our words and in our body movement, body language, again language, then we'll have better relationship. And you said relationship is in life. And, and this is exactly what's happening to all of us, I suppose. What do you think, Lisette? Yes, and I think that everything that is happening to us is coming to us because we need to heal it. So if you are isolated in your family and you all of a sudden have struggles with your mother-in-law because she's with you, for instance, then life has brought that with you to heal that. Every single thing that appears before you in this moment is there for a reason and you have to heal that situation, whatever. If it's coming up that you are not making enough money, then it's in your face. You have to change the way that you're doing it. You have to find the resources within yourself to change it. If it's a relationship, if it's whatever issue is in front of your face is your spiritual journey to heal. Whatever button it's pressing, you should say thank you because it's showing you where there is a wound, where your life is out of balance, where things are not working. If you're in fear, then it's saying to you, oh, I have an issue with fear. Thank you, life, for showing me that ultimately there is no fear. There is only love. But if I'm experiencing fear, 
that it's something that I need to face and address and heal. You know, they say that you don't have to go and find your spiritual journey. Life will bring your journey to you yes. in the order that it needs to be addressed. So whatever issue is in front of you, you know, this is my journey. This is the issue that I need to handle. But you cannot resolve that unless you connect with your inner, inner divinity and say, all right, higher self, this is challenging for me. How, how do I heal this? Show me. Show me how is the way that I make this moment better? How do I build this bridge? You know, you cannot come from your, your, um, your ego to, to resolve this. Um, and yes, it's not always easy. It's very challenging. But that is the contract that we made. We came to uh, transmute the darkness that we find on this planet in this time with COVID. There's a lot of darkness that we have to, as light beings, transmute. That is, I believe that is the contract that we made as high frequency beings to say that no matter what, we will shine our light and we are going to hold hands and create communities and cities of light and join in our heart energy and in that connection to spirit and in our beings of light is how we transmute this darkness that we seem to think is enveloping the earth. We have to shine our light and that light can be knowledge, it can be love, it can be a smile to somebody on the street, it can be money, it can be crying with somebody who's lost something, but it is in relationship that we shine our light with, with one another. Thank you very much, Lisette. And uh, I think this is a perfect conclusion of everything I wanted to share with the audience. And I wanted you to say about your Cura Personalis and what you've really healed within yourself now is really shared even to me. So you, I want to really thank you very much for the healing of myself you provided to me today, because I tell you what, you have taught me and healed in me that the solution of everything, and I will really pay attention to it, to heal anything is really communication. It is. I will really make sure to pay attention a lot more deeply than never because of you and thank you, uh, that my communication, the way I will listen, uh, the way I did listen to you today, I wish that I would have learned it before. And I know that communication will be key in healing the world we are in together. Thank you. Yeah. I just want to say, uh, Michael, that you've been an incredible host and I want to wish you well. And I see you as one of the new men, the enlightened men that's going to shine the light for so many others who just needs a little bit of encouragement to embrace the feminine part of, of the new men. That it's, it's, um, it's, going, it's, it's so empowering that men can embrace both of their, their natures. And so I thank you for the work that you're doing and you were an incredible host and lots of love to you. Thank you and uh, I will invite you in the, in the, in the few weeks coming if you, if you like to come back. But guess what? Uh, you had the name Rotman Guest 
So you're a guest for today, and today we have part one, 45 minutes, like they asked me in, in broadcast yourself, and part two, I will say, for the second part of ours. I can which see. Fantastic. Fantastic. See you, Michael. Thank you. Bye. Bye.